you may ask. How did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with New Radio Media, and we'll spend the next hour talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we do it. If you want to contact the show, 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. Or you can email us at Let's Talk Torah, no apostrophes, Let's Talk Torah at gmail.com. The school year has begun. It's wonderful to be back in school. So many happy children. Of course, I had an hour and a half meeting with parents for a child we'll call special needs. A great meeting. Great. I actually met parents that said, we want to help. What can we do to help our child be successful? Instead of saying, Rabbi, here's my child. Fix him. So it was a great meeting. Um, But we're not going to talk about children today so much. Lots of topics. We got to get into the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah is right around the corner next week, Monday, Tuesday. And I am going to have a special guest in our second segment. His name is Mike Gruel. Um, uh, we'll see his specialties. He's an author. He's into diet. He's got his own ideas. I think you'll appreciate them. And I myself, actually, have been working on my diet. I'm sure you can tell by looking at me. Um, I've lost some weight following his, or most of his diet, I guess following it my way. Um, But I had a problem this week, Ben. You wouldn't believe. I walk into my house. My wife knows I'm working on my diet. And what am I supposed to do? One good food, desserts, cakes, peanut butter balls, all this stuff I'm not, oops, there goes the mic. (laughs) All this stuff I'm not supposed to be eating is right there on the counter when I walk in. Now, what am I supposed to do? Well, as uh, coming from somebody that uh, is dating a chef, my, my girlfriend is a is a chef, and I am presented with food that I prob that is uh, amazing, but I probably shouldn't eat. Temptation is always there. Temptation is especially always with there. those sweets. I I I understand, Svi. I can relate to this. Yeah, but it's not helping me. No, so- it's not. <laughs> Just, just say no. Right. So uh, I'm hoping that when we speak to uh, to Mark in the second segment, he'll say, no problem for the holidays. It's free. That's what I'm expecting. So the holidays gives you a pass to eat whatever you want. Yes. You don't think so? No. Well, you well, know, Svi, I'm actually going to go ahead. I'm, I'll just say, I'll use that. I'll say, well, you don't want to eat that. It's a holiday. Svi said I could. That's exactly what I want. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want a free pass. We're going to talk about that. I'll Something we'll point out quite fascinating before we speak to Mark. Okay. Oh. We got to talk Roshana today. We're, it's a food day. And like all holidays, and Jody has a show, uh, Jody's Fitness. I forget what it's called. Um, I know she's into food. She told me she... Jody's least, Fit Life. Yeah. She yeah. keeps... I don't think... She doesn't keep the Jewish holidays, but she likes all the meals that we have. I'm not sure how she manages that. Um, anyways, we're going to talk with Mark Gruel, author of If You Only Knew What Really Makes You Fat, uh, plus other stuff at the holidays. Um, 
We will not have our special segment today with Rabbi Jonas and Goldson. He is busy himself preparing for the holidays. But instead, I have the most amazing story. Hot off the presses. I told the person it's going to be a book. He said it is going to be a book. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then, of course, our word of the week and all kinds of good stuff. So all these things we'll get ready for. Let's get right into it. So the first night of Rosh Hashanah, some people do it both nights, um, we have what's called simanim, signs. What it really is is we have a bunch of food stuff, and they represent what we want should happen with our new year. In other words, the Jewish calendar, as far as years goes, comes to a close um, Sunday night, and it is Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. It is a new year, and in the calendar it is year five. It will be 5779. We were in 5778, and the calendar will turn to 5779. That means that the world has been in existence for 5,700 and soon to be 79 years. Not millions, not hundreds of millions, not billions, just 5,779. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I can send you the websites. Um, Carbon testing and this, it's real, it's not real. All these things, I'll be honest, are of no major concern to me. The simplest answer is, when God created the world, he created a complete world. A complete world is allowed to have fossils. A complete world is allowed to have the beam of light from the star that's hundreds of light years away already in place. So it doesn't trouble me that that it takes time for light to travel. God put the beam of light in. Find dinosaurs. They look like they're ancient. God created all these things into the world as we find it. So that's Rosh Hashanah. And the night of Rosh Hashanah, the table by the meal, we do a lot of things. Dipping apples in honey is, of course, from the most famous. An apple is sweet. Honey is sweet. So we dip it in and we say a prayer. God, please give me, my family, Jewish people, the world, a happy, healthy, sweet new year. That's what we're all looking for, a sweet new year. So we call these simanim, or we call them signs. In other words, it's not a hocus pocus. It, just because I dip a lot of apples um, in honey and I eat them and I get honey all over my shirt and it's all over the table, that is, of course, no guarantee to a sweet new year. It's really a prayer. It's a prayer that this is what I'm asking God for. So first of all, it's a prayer. Prayer is important. Second of all, it's also like a reminder to myself. In other words, I would like a sweet new year. Okay, what do I need to do to deserve that sweet new year? Well, a good day of prayer and uh, behaving myself would probably be a good start. So there's really all kinds of foodstuffs. I'm going to give you just a quick list of some of the more common ones. Um, Interesting people from the Middle East if their background, what we call Svardim, are more from the Middle East, they have piles of this. It's a whole procedure. In my house, not so many. So everybody dips the apple in honey. Um, We like to eat from the head of an animal. Most people are not interested in the head of a cow or the head of a ram or a goat sitting on their table. Most people take the head of a fish. So you have a whole fish that you cooked, take a little piece from the head, 
We joke who wants the eyeball. It doesn't really taste very good, if it tastes at all. Um, and we say that to God, we would like to be a head, right? The head, not the tail. It means important. I should be important. I shouldn't just be the person following. Um, we actually eat fish, and we say a prayer that we should be fruitful and multiply. Now, again, as we get older, I'm not saying that we're all asking to have a bunch of kids as we get older, but it's in general um, that is a as a Jewish nation we wanna we wanna increase whether it's our children, whether it's our grandchildren, and uh, if we have time later, I read a very interesting opinion piece this week. Someone's concerns about what's happening to the Jewish people, and we'll talk about multiplying. That was one of her concerns. We'll try to catch that uh, probably in the third segment. Depends how long I learn about dieting and how many things I'm doing wrong with Mark later. Uh, people also eat pomegranates. Pomegranates are full of seeds. So the prayer is that that God should increase my merits. Now, again, you got to earn that. You want to increase your merits, you got to be good. So whether it's a prayer, whether it's myself recognizing what I need, interesting, I, I can't prove it, I never counted, but supposedly, for those who eat pomegranates, you know, it's, it's, it's that red hard shell and you cut it open and you have all these red seeds in there. So they, they say that there's supposed to be 613 seeds. I have no idea. I think as a kid I tried to count, and I think by the time you get to 200, you get bored, so we stop counting. I have no idea how many seeds are really there, but supposedly there's 613. People have carrots. Um, the word for carrot in Yiddish is marin. It means also more. It's another prayer to ask for, um, for more merits. Um, what's interesting is people make up their own. In other words, the idea is to, to use a play on words um, to ask for the blessing. So if you had a play on word in English, so people are cute. They'll take a, a raisin, and then they'll take a piece of celery, and they'll cut the, uh, the, I think they cut the raisin in half, and they say, oh, they don't even cut it. They take the raisin, and they say, God, I would like a raise in, raisin, get it, right? I want a raise in. Salary, salary, right? I want to raise in my salary. So people do all these cutesy things. It doesn't matter. It, it, there's no official law to it. I myself actually, uh, not anymore, but when my children were growing up, they thought the custom in my house was to do this by the day meal, not at night. You know, as they learned in school, in kindergarten, in pre-nursery, they learned about doing... Um, doing all these foodstuffs at night, but my kids are sleeping by then. I, I, I might sit down 10 o'clock, 10.30 to eat the meal on Roshan at night, and my kids are sleeping. So I would tell them, oh, no, no, our custom is we do it by day for the little ones. The older ones are there. So they get all their apple and honey, and they get their carrot, and they get their head of the fish. So they're happy. They saw what they learned in school, and I'm, well, my wife more than I, but we're happy that they actually got a good night's sleep because otherwise they'll uh, be a little loopy by the next day. So that's one of the things um, that we always did. Um, other ideas with food stuff, um, I happen to be a raisin guy. I love raisins, and I love raisins in what we call challah. Challah is, a, is a, I guess, the Jewish bread. It's got oil and sugar and eggs um, it's usually white and fluffy. 
Um, I, I don't know how best to describe it. It's not a white bread. It's very tasty, very sweet. It could be like cake even. Um, I love it with raisins. I love it with raisins. And there's actually an old custom to bake it for the high holidays. People put raisins in it. They actually bake it in the shape of a crown. All kinds of beautiful stuff. And my kids and wife included don't like raisins. And I love raisins. So my wife is very kind to me. You like raisins. I love raisins. You love it's raisins. nature's candy. It's nature's candy. That's how I look at it. <laughs> All fruit is nature's candy. I know. That's <laughs> Which, by the way, the guy I'm going to talk to doesn't like fruit. He says it's candy and sugar. Well, it's not like the white sugar that, that is the real poison that we have in uh, today's society. But, yeah, I think yeah. we're going to find out. Yeah. I think I think he thinks it's really poison, but we're yeah. going to find out. I mean, that's why we talk to these people. I read his book. I wasn't... Uh, we'll find out. Okay. Because I got to make sure my avocado, because I changed my diet, so I'm eating avocados all day long. If he nixes the avocados, oh, he he's into fat. He loves fat. Fat is good. Sugar is no good. I'm sure he'll tell me. Depends on the type of fat. Well, I he, I think he likes all fat. We're going to see. Okay, okay. We're going to find out with this guy. Anyways, so my wife is kind enough. She makes me one raisin challah, and everybody else gets the normal ones, and I cut my slice, and I put it in my Ziploc bag. We put it away, and the next meal I get another slice, and the next meal because I'm the only one that's going to eat it. So um, another thing people do, interesting, um, on the Friday nights – on Shabbos morning, on holidays, when we, we start the meal, we, we have a cup of wine and we make what's called Kiddush. And then before we eat, everybody washes their hands and we cut this challah. So during the year, the custom is that we dip this bread, this challah, into salt. There's different reasons whether the table, our table is comparable, comparable to an altar. Very interesting. Now, off on a topic, but it's worth talking about. Um, the table is like an altar, and we don't have a temple nowadays. We don't have an altar to bring um, sacrifices nowadays. So instead, our table is our altar. Our food is like our altar. Not that I'm the God, but when I'm eating the food, I make myself stronger. I make myself healthy. Again, that's part of our topic today. And, uh, and that way I can serve God better. So what do I talk about around my table? Do I talk about silliness or do I talk about intelligent things, talk about God, talk about Torah, talk about good character traits, um, not slander people by my table? What kind of table do I sit by? So the altar, every sacrifice always had salt. That was one of the rules that every sacrifice has to have salt. That's a topic maybe for another day. Um, so therefore, we everything is dipped in salt, except on the high holidays. From Rosh Hashanah through the end of the Sukkot holiday, we actually dip in honey. Because again, it's all symbolic of that sweet year. But once we're talking about um, our table, and our table is, our, is like our altar, and what we do around our table is important, there was a fascinating um, custom in France. So this is for sure in the 1200s, maybe even earlier. In France, when, a, when the head of the household, when the father died, they actually took his dining room table, or if he only had a kitchen table, they took his table, and they actually cut up the boards, and that was the person's coffin. So in other words, when you were living and, and uh, talking by the table and studying by the table and hanging out with your children by the table, so you had like in your mind, like, how have I acted in my life? 
This table, we always say you can't take it with you. Well, this table, I'm taking with me. This table is going to be my coffin. Will I be embarrassed from myself? Will I be embarrassed that this is my coffin? Or will I be proud that this is my coffin that's uh, at least accompanying me when they put me in the hole in the ground? What's it going to be? So the table becomes a very, very important place. That's family time. That's where we eat. Certainly holidays for a lot of people is their only family time, unfortunately. Look, by me, uh, there's lots of family time. Of course, Friday night and Shabbos and all the holidays, all good family time. We take time with our children. But what are we talking about with our children? We're talking about what they did in school. Um, are we saying good things? Are we, are we denigrating people? What are we? Who are we? So therefore, that's the same place we just finished talking where we do all these simanim, all these prayers. We're asking for a sweet new year and a healthy year and we should be the head and we should multiply and have a lot of merits. So all this good stuff we're doing by the table, right? So is the table a place where you want to make these prayers or are you embarrassed from what you do around this table year-round. So it's, a, it's really something, I think, important to think about. And it's, since we're talking about food and tables and stuff, that's going to really lead us in to our next segment when uh, I have Mark Rule come on, author of uh, a long sentence, If You Only Knew What Really Makes You Fat. We're going to talk about eating healthy because with all the stuff we do, we want to be healthy. So I, I implore you, you don't want to miss this, Mark Gruley. He's a great guy. He's going to tell us all about how to eat healthy. And we're going to talk to him when we come back for the break. So you're listening to Rabbi Tzvi on New Radio Media. And hold on, we're going to be right back. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Advertising your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and, frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248 239-9999 for more information. Hey you guys, it's Raphael with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Geektainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle Power! Hi, I'm Art and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years. And through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced 
at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. Apples and honey are good. Want to tip another, but I probably shouldn't. I, I got so many at home. Oh, oh, oh. And we're back. And I hope you like that Rosh Hashanah song that I found with apples and honey. I'm not sure what my next guest thinks about apples and honey, but we're joined with Mark Gruel. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Author of If You Only Knew What Really Makes You Fat. Mark, are you there? Yes, I am. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Gruel, yes. Gruel, I got it right. Very good. Yep. Excellent. <laughs> so I figure I play a song with apples because, you know, I read your book actually twice. And you, Great. And you, you write at the beginning, you'll be proud of me, I think. Maybe not by the end of the conversation. But um, apples are certainly not one of the favorite things in your book, and we're going to talk about it. Um, but I want you to know, I, we, I think we communicated about two weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I like food. We talked about it earlier in the show. And I said I got to start losing weight. So I, I'm doing, I think, two things that you think are important we're going to talk about. I basically stop eating at 6 o'clock at night. Um, yeah. I'm not good for 16 hours. I'm good about 14 and a half. I'm working on it. Um, and I've cut out almost all my carbs. And I've, lost about, and I've, I've lost about eight pounds in two weeks. So not bad. <laughs> That's pretty good. Wonderful, wonderful. Or I'm so, or I'm so overweight that the, those pounds come off easy. Um, but before we get started, um, why don't you tell everybody a little about yourself? Um, your 99 Mustang will probably excite people, and the fact that you're not into smartphones. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, my journey basically began. Um, you know, I I got to watch my father pass away when I was a 13 year old boy, and he died of I call it a cardiovascular episode. Um, the reason why is all cardiovascular episodes basically are deranged from the same thing, and that's inflammation. <clears throat> so my entire life was studying why people die prematurely, and I kept bumping into diet. And so basically what I did is I spent, like I said, 33 years of my life researching what's wrong with our food and why these are a problem. And, uh, you know, yes, I am. I have to admit, I... You know, uh, I do have a, a passion. I like, you know, my Mustang, and I, I've modified that really nicely. And, yes, I'm not very technologically advanced, so I, I, I am going to throw that in there. So, <laughs> Cool. So you actually write, and, I, and again, I whether you like what Mark writes or not, you actually will enjoy. It's a very fast read. It's actually fun. Um, again, the book is called If You Only Knew three exclamation points, what really makes you fat. And you, you write the book, it's almost like these, um, um, these self-help books. Um, you write it in a very shocking uh, manner. You, know, you, you want to shock people. Is that what you were looking for? Is that your style? Is that who you are? It's, it's called a wake-up call. Uh, when clients come to see me in my office, it is amazing to watch their faces when I tell them that basically everything they know about their diet currently right now, they're sort of doing wrong. And understand that that's not their fault. It's the, what's out there. It's, it's the training. It's what we've been told is, is basically the truth. So, yes, it, I definitely want to shock people into understanding that, hey, there is something wrong with your so-called truth that you've been abiding by. And for some reason, 
you're unhealthy, and you're overweight. Okay, so you're hoping that they'll figure out that if you're unhealthy and it's because of your weight, if they fix the weight issue, then they'll automatically become healthy. Well, actually, it's sort of the other way. Believe it or not, if your body was healthy, the body doesn't actually want to put on stored body fat. However, when we live in a world of what we call high-calorie malnutrition, that's the side effect, is, is weight. Oh, that's fascinating. So first they have to become healthy, and yeah. then I'll lose weight. So I'm going yeah. to interject a little bit here because I'm want to. i going to veer off the path, and we're going to get back to all the good stuff about the book. Um, what I, I mean, I know you live out near um, East Lansing. Um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Jewish holidays, but you certainly know Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff and yeah. families get together. Okay, yeah. so... So for Christians, they have Thanksgiving, and they have, I don't know if they have parties on Easter, and, and so Christmas, Thanksgiving, a couple meals. You know, I'm Jewish, I'm Orthodox, and we have a lot of holidays, and we have a lot of meals. It's family time. <laughs> you know, it's almost like on a regular weekend, you have family meals. Okay, that's one thing. But when the holidays come, as I, I told everybody earlier— I said, I'm trying my best to be on a diet, and I walk into my house, and my wife is making everything I should not be eating. And, it, <laughs> and she says, it's for the holidays. So we discussed before you came on. Um, right. Do we get a free pass for the holiday? I tell my clients, listen, nobody is getting off this blue marble alive anyways, so what you have to do is you have to live in a world where you can be okay with it. Maybe, you know, I tell my clients, listen, Maybe if you can do Monday through Friday and be as clean as you can, and then weekends you, you just call it, you know, let's let's go for the gold on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I know that we have engaged eating as part of our social life, and that's 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 a big thing. So you have to sort of pick and choose those battles. But yes, you can definitely do some cheating and still survive this quite well. Oh, Mark, you're my favorite. <laughs> You're my favorite. This is going to be... Okay, so let's... I'm, really, you answered it, but it's just in my list before we get into the book. So let, let's, let's start from the beginning. Why is it important for me to, be, to eat healthy? Why is that important? My doctors have all kinds of medicines to make me feel better. I got my Prilosec when I got heartburn. I see all the commercials. If you're planning on eating that pizza and pepperoni and who knows what you eat, just take that pill beforehand and you'll be fine. Who's yeah. got it right? Okay, let me give you the best example I can. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. I call a roofer because my roof is leaking, okay? So the roofer comes in. He says, yes, Mrs. Smith, I see that you have a leaky roof. So here's what I'm going to do. Brings in this huge five-gallon bucket, sets it in the middle of your, your kitchen where the leak is, and says, there you go. That'll be $500. You will no longer experience water on your floor. Your leak is now fixed. That's okay. My yeah, my wife probably wouldn't go for that, though. She'd probably call yeah. another roofer. <laughs> but that's what a doctor does. He gives you a medication, which doesn't attack the problem. The problem is still there. But what it does is it makes the problem that you have less offensive. So whose fault is it? In other words, when I go to the doctor and I tell him I have gastro-whatever problems or I have heartburn, whose fault is it that instead of eating healthy and trying to fix the problem, 
I want my doctor to hand me a bottle of pills, and then I can continue living the way I've been living. Whose fault is that? Well, actually, it's a two-part question because it is the fault of the medical society. I'm not so much blaming the doctor per se, okay? But the medical community, the way we look at disease, is not correct. Like when a client comes in and sits down with me, I usually have between an hour and a half to sometimes two hours worth of getting to know them, getting to know their diet, their routine, and so on. When have you ever sat down with a doctor and he went over 10 to 12 days of your food journals to find out how you eat? How many people have food journals? Bingo. And that's the first thing they should have if they're going to see a doctor. Okay. So you'll like my doctor, actually, because I actually have a cardiologist so that I can be on Lipitor. Uh, the, the reason I have the doctor is because I had a cousin my age had a heart attack, and my grandfather died young from heart disease. My mother was so nervous, she sent me to a cardiologist. Well, she told me to go, and I went. But he actually suggested I get an app to keep track of all the food I'm eating. To, and, and I do, and, and you see, I mean, it breaks it down at the end of the day. You had your carbs and your sugars, and there's no vitamins, and you didn't do very well today. And I actually read last week, one of the things people can do to lose weight is just keep track of their food. And that itself will correct things, I hope. Well, and it does. But the biggest, I guess, conundrum that we have right now is we have a lot of foods that didn't exist 100 years ago. These are man-made types of foods, and then there's uh, foods that are altered. And, you know, like you go in the grocery store today, and if you could shop in the grocery store of 100 years ago, you'd be much safer. But, you know, today everything's sort of cram-packed with sugar and, and corn sweeteners and all this other stuff. And, I mean, if you look at the health profile, you know, the, the, the weight of what's happened to the world, it's a, you, know, you can easily see that there's a problem with our food. Yes. Um, I guess I could see that. I mean, uh, the only thing I was good a couple of years ago um, is I cut out my soda, which is good. good. Oh, and my I, gosh. That's the first place I go with see, anybody. First we gave soda. soda. And I actually learned this year to enjoy. I'm a big coffee drinker. Uh, oh, but I But I learned to enjoy my coffee, no sugar. Good. See, there you go. You hit it right on the head. See, that was without reading the book. Then I read your book. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing you say, well, not the first thing. We're not going to, and we're going to be getting close to the break. I hope you stay through with us. Um, there, there's a few different things that you're, that, that, that you, um, I guess you are looking to work on. Um, we'll start now. We'll probably take it through the break. But one is the liver. You're very much into making sure a person's liver is healthy. Why did you pick the liver? Most people don't understand this. A lot of the end of my book is about, and, and I don't want to say it's intermittent fasting. It's more about uh, learning how to uh, fast in general. Um, intermittent fasting is great, but depending on who you are, you may need to go beyond that. The liver is like a battery, like in your laptop, okay? If you kept your laptop completely plugged in all the time, the battery itself will, will basically destroy itself. Right. Same thing with your liver. Yeah, you know, Mark, liver one second. Is- Mark, I'm going to I'm going to have to put you on hold. Can you stay with us through the break? Oh, absolutely. Great. Absolutely. 
We're going to talk liver. We're going to talk some healthy eating. Hopefully, Mark will let me eat my avocados. We're going to be back in a couple minutes with Mark Gruel, author of If You Only Knew What Really Makes You Fat. Hold on, and we're going to be right back. Plus, the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market, all by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno knows doors. Tarno knows doors. Hi, I'm Art, and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years. And through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction, we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you, and we take pride in our impeccable, affordable service. And we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wald Lake. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, PodQuesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on newradiomedia.com, Fridays, PodQuesters. See you there. And we're back. Yes, we are back. I can hear myself now. And we're with Mark Gruel, author of If You Only Knew What Really Makes You Fat. And Mark is now my friend. He says I can eat on the holidays. So that's really all that's important. Now I'm good to go. You know, we're very good at blaming everybody for all our eating issues. Instead of taking responsibility, we blame it on the doctor. That way we're not responsible. But we're talking about the liver. So, Mark, you were telling us that the liver is like my battery, and if I don't give my liver the time to rest, it won't work properly. So let's get back to what we were talking about. So get back into my battery. Oh, okay. Well, the main thing is is, is I always call the, the liver, it's the life support system. It's going to run the body even if the body doesn't have nourishment. So let's say you're out and for two or three days, let's say we're cavemen again, and for two or three days we can't find anything to eat. The liver is going to make sure that we can use the fat we've stored in, in times of good and be able to reuse that and put it to use. However, if we continue to feed that liver constantly, it will not function normally and it won't be able to get rid of the fat um, in the way that it's supposed to. Okay? Does that make any sense or did I confuse people? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's what you're trying to, what we said at the beginning. You know, if yeah. I'm healthy, then my body will get rid of the fat for me. 
So if my liver is healthy, it's going to help me lose weight. And I think that's what people want. So so in the simplest, just let's keep it very simple. We, I know you said it's not intermittent fasting, but it's that long break at night. So you want people to stop eating for approximately 16 hours a day. How does that help me? What it does is it allows the liver to access the fats that we've stored in the way that it's supposed to. <clears throat> so that we can actually get to the point where our body starts functioning normally. See, a lot of people don't realize that there's a reserve tank in the liver. But what happens is the problem is, is we keep refilling the regular tank and we never get to the reserves. Well, after a while, that really starts to damage us because, remember, every medication the doctor puts you on impacts and helps destroy the liver, Okay. So we really don't want to go to, to, to prescription if we don't have to. There's a, there's a have to in there. I don't tell people, you know, you know, ignore the doctor because, you know, he's putting you on medication. But understand every time he puts you on a medication, you are com- you're making that job for that liver so much harder. Okay. So now we're going to move away from the liver. And mm-hmm. you're a protein guy. You, know, you want, I saw in the book, you want me to have my protein, my eggs, my cottage cheese, my fish, my tuna fish, my meat, my steak, my fatty stuff. You, you, um, the simplest way I understood it was, and you're going to explain it better, is the proteins are good for my body, and it's the, we'll call it sugar for now, but the carbohydrates become sugars. That's, is it the carbohydrates themselves, or it's this combination of carbohydrates with the pro- protein which is not uh, making me healthy. Well, actually what it is, if your diet was perfect, you'd be eating somewhere in the neighborhood of 65 to 70% fat in your diet and about 30% protein. Carbohydrates are irrelevant. You don't need them. The body's liver can make carbohydrates out of fat and protein, so that's not an issue. However, what you just talked about is if I were to eat something fatty, like say I'm having eggs, Do not have toast with your eggs. When you do this, you immediately change your LDL cholesterol to type B pattern, which is not a good thing. Okay, I get they're not good. Does that mean that I could, say, have my eggs at, for argument's sake, 9 o'clock and at 10 o'clock have my piece of toast? Or I should not have the piece of toast at all? I would recommend not at all, but here's the thing. Never with those. You give it an hour separation, and I'm okay with that. We're, we're going to get along fine. Oh, that is cool. Now, I, I, I threw in a, I, I'm not sure, it's vegetable, fruit. You know, everybody knows Rosh Hashanah is famous for apples and honey. And you're not a fan of fruit. I always ate fruit. My wife oh. would have a piece of cake. I'll have a piece of fruit. And she says, oh, you're so healthy. But, <laughs> but fruit itself also has its own unfortunate problems. What's my problem with my delicious Orange, apple. Okay, understand that those are, if somebody's going to go for a carbohydrate, I would much rather they do that than crackers or bread. Okay, that's by far better. However, when I deal with people who have a weight condition, meaning their body is already storing weight, when you have something that's really abundant in carbohydrates and converts directly to sugar, I recommend that's not a good idea. Now, in general, if I want to have an apple or a pear or whatever it is, I'm going to have that because I 
really take care of myself health-wise. However, when I get these people who come to me and they're, you know, 30, 40, 70, 100 pounds overweight, and they say, well, you know, my doctor said I can have fruit. It's like, no, 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 no. No, so really what happens is we have to train people to first become healthy. Right. Once the person is healthy and to become healthy, he has to cut out a lot of stuff. But once, my wife calls it maintenance, once we're back where we're supposed to be, then the body can take care of itself. And I can have an apple once in a while or oh, yeah. if I should have toast once in a while. But, I, okay, the important one because it's what fills me up. What's an avocado? Oh, gosh, right. You can eat avocados all day long, every day. I mean, those are amazing. Huh. The best fat right there. See? Boom. So you're, you you let me have fat. You let me have avocado and eggs and butter. I'm not even a butter yeah. person. Butter? Whoa. <laughs> I wrote like a list of things. I, I know the answer. So bread, not so good. Yes. Potatoes? Nope. Oh, no potatoes. Well, no, no. I have to say potatoes are good, but you can't cook them. Well, you can't eat a raw potato. Oh, the best thing for you. <laughs> Great. I, I, my, yeah, <laughs> my three-year-old eats a raw potato well, when he was three. What about a sweet potato? Is that a potato? Much better choice. And again, eating raw even better. Okay. Okay, I'm not eating a raw potato. <laughs> okay, what about rice? Uh, be cautionary. Rice can convert very easily. But not as bad as the other carbohydrates. Well, if somebody says, can I have rice or some toast, I would go with rice before the toast. No problem. Okay, Mark, this has been so much fun, especially that you're letting me eat. And I'm telling you, I'm following, not perfect, but I'm moving along what it says in the book. And uh, I've lost eight pounds in two weeks, and I'm full. And I didn't. I know people are going to find in the book at 65 days and other stuff. That's the nitty-gritty. I highly recommend Mark Rule's book, author of If You Only Knew What Really Makes You Fat. Mark, if somebody wanted to um, either get in touch with you, because I know you, um, you, um, you, I guess you coach people or you train people, you help people, or they want to get the book, what's the best way to do that? Well, the book is on Amazon, so it's pretty easy to get. But here's one thing that you'll find. If you put in If You Only Knew with three exclamation points and then the author's name, Mark Gruel, you'll find it much easier. Cool. Okay, be Amazing. I didn't realize how many people use that title, If You Only Knew. So <laughs> right, because there's two parts, like an undertitle. So that's right. really fantastic. Mark, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you helping me lose weight and uh, getting everybody ready for the holidays and food stuff. And uh, we'll talk. Maybe we'll do this again. It was fun. Thank you so much for your time. It was excellent being here. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a fabulous day. Thank you, Mark. Be well. Amazing. Okay, Ben, we're good, right? Now we're going to lose about 400 pounds between me and you. Okay. Um, how much time do I got left? Well, you have about... Uh what, about five minutes? Five minutes. Five great. minutes? But wait, you said 400 pounds between the two of us. Right. I mean, I was being a little... Okay, let's see. I, I meant like the whole studio uh, put together oh, with everybody okay. in the All hallway. Right. I, was, <laughs> I was not insinuating anything about your... <laughs> okay, before we completely lose it. So we don't have today, okay. I told you, we don't have... Um, Rabbi Jonas and Goldson. So instead of Rabbi Jonas and Goldson, I have the most amazing story. This is a true story, hot off the presses. 
um, with the holiday times and we talk about God and Torah and God taking care, listen to the following story. You got, it's, a, it's an amazing story. So my friend's son-in-law, um, I guess last Saturday, had fever and chills. So you figure, everybody, we're all our own doctors. Fever, chills, probably the flu, maybe a virus. So his daughter calls up his wife. Oh, you know, my husband is not feeling well, chills, fever. Okay, let him sleep for a day. It's probably a virus. Calls back Sunday, still fever, still chills, not feeling well. Okay, if it's still keeping up, call the doctor. Monday morning, still not feeling well, calls the doctor. Okay, come in. They do some blood work. And he listens to him and he says, you know, it's not perfect. It's probably a virus, maybe an infection. Maybe go to the emergency room. Let's just check it out. Goes to the hospital, happens to be one of the Hackensack hospitals in New Jersey. I forgot which one, but it's a, it's a, it's a good hospital. And the hospital checks him in and, and they're checking him out and the blood levels. And a few things are a little not so good, but nothing major, nothing terrible. Um, they said, okay, we'll keep you overnight, keep him another day. Um, again, the blood work, and they're really getting ready to discharge him. He just has one of these viruses or infections, and they took the blood work, and it takes a few days to find out which infection, and they're giving him antibiotics, and they're really about ready to discharge. Well, the head cardiologist is walking down the hallway, and he sees, you know, he sees charts. He just glances. And he says, well, that that doesn't look so normal. Let me go check. He goes in and he actually puts his hand, um, I guess, wherever the artery is. And he's feeling and there's no pulse. And he says, okay, you know, we're not discharging you yet. We got to take care of some things. He calls the surgeon. He says to the surgeon, we got to check this guy. Are you available? Yeah, yeah, I got time tomorrow morning. He says, not tomorrow morning. Now, we're going into surgery as soon as this guy is prepped. So the surgeon says, well, we're going to surgery. They go into surgery, open heart surgery. They open up his heart. One of his valves is being eaten away by the virus. They saved his life because this cardiologist happened to glance at a chart and said, it doesn't look, you know, perfect. It's not normal. He said to the family, the family says, you know, we're so appreciative. This is like, all these things, the perfect hospital, the perfect doctor, the perfect timing. He says, you don't understand. Your husband is the third case of this type of virus eating away the valve. So they said, what do you mean the third case? So the doctor said, you know, Maimonides, you heard of him. He lived like in the 1200s. Mm-hmm. It's the third time since Maimonides that we have a recorded case. Your husband's the third case. So they said, wow, you know, God took care of this for the books. He said, forget the books. This is a case study. No one ever sees this. So not only was it the perfect hospital, the perfect doctor, he happened to know that this rare case that was only two other times in history that the, the medical world has recorded at least. So that's really when you talk about... Um, we always talk about, we always say, open our eyes, see how God runs the world, see how God takes care of you. Sometimes it's a little more open and a little more clear. And this becomes one of those amazing stories where this, I mean, maybe he's all 29 years old, but he's alive and well because God put him, perfect doctor, perfect hospital, perfect cardiologist who knew about this 
kind of a valve they could rot, and the surgeon was there, and everybody was there, and thank God he is alive and well. And alive and well is one of the things we talk about as we get ready for the high holidays in Rosh Hashanah. When we come back, we'll have a few minutes, touch on a few more Rosh Hashanah topics, get to our word of the week, our letter of the week, and wrap it all up before the high holidays. So you're listening to Rabbi Tzuya on Let's Talk Torah, and we're going to be right back. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our Nine and Dine special, nine holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a 5-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Wald Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Plus, the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market, all by the push of a button. Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno knows doors. Tarno knows doors. Do you want to see things like this? Did you just say you died? <laughs> well... I mean, technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We need to have a talk. <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out Podquesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous tricks. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Oh. Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com. And we're back. I hope you like some of these new songs I found. We had the the traditional Rosh Hashanah songs. Those are a little slow, a little um, like a dirge, I told Ben. But this one he likes. This one is fun. I have no idea where I found it. I mean, I know where I found it. I don't know how I found it. But apples, honey, holiday, food, all the good stuff. Um, let's get into a couple other things about the holiday. Let's get ready for our letter and word of the week. Before I do that, um, another interesting, famous custom on Rosh Hashanah. Now in Detroit, it's a little bit harder. So we do it later is called Tashlich. Tashlich means we go to a river, we go to a body of water, we say a prayer, and people have the custom to throw breadcrumbs into the water. And we even like a place where there's fish. And the basic gist behind it is that I'm throwing my sins away. Now, you can't throw your sins away. It doesn't work that way. Then, then you know, 
So God's a joke, right? In other words, you got to do whatever you wanted. You could be a rotten fellow, and you get a big bag with breadcrumbs. You throw it into the river, and all of a sudden you're clean. There's no way. However, it is a custom. So part of it is what we explained at the beginning of the show. It's symbolic. I want to throw my sins away. So if my attitude is that I did stuff wrong and I want to throw my sins away, if I just say throw them away and I can do them again, (laughs) big deal, like you didn't accomplish anything. But if my goal is to say, look, Jacobson, you got to get rid of your sins, do something about it, that in itself is a start. And for some people, that may be enough. But that's part of the repentance process. So um, so we call it Tashlich. Uh, the custom is really to go on Rosh Hashanah afternoon. However, it depends where you live. And I was, I don't live near a river. And I'm not driving on the holiday. So I'm going to go during the week. But when uh, I have uh, relatives in Queens, they live right near a, near a big lake. Or people that live near a river, um, they could do it on the holiday. But it doesn't have to be on the holiday itself. People will do it during the week. People will do it all the way actually through the Sukkot holiday. But it is an old custom. It is a famous custom. Um, we're not saying that since it's not really getting rid of your sins, don't bother. You should bother. It's a custom. It has its purpose. It has its place. But again, it's not a freebie. You don't get to just throw everything away just because. You know, it's you earned everything. You earned what you did good. You earned what you did wrong. So you got to fix it. And the first part of fixing is knowing that I got to fix it. So that's this idea called Tashlich. But moving along, let's get to our letter and word of the week. So, and I got a nod from Kelsey with a thumbs up. We are up to our 11th poster, I think, but it's the letter Chaf. The letter Chaf basically looks like a, a, a C. I think it's a backward C. Backward C. Um, it's a backward C. That's the letter Chaf. It's a Ch sound. Um, there's really two similar letters. One is a K called a called a, a cuff one is the chaf um there are similar letters it is a numerical value of 20 but it leads us to a great word for this week um many people will actually write in letters um during this time of year uh, they will write the word ksiva ke that's my chaf ksiva vachasimatova that you should be written and sealed for good god has what we call books. He has his open books. You can be in the book of the living. You can be righteous. You can be in the book of the wicked for death. Uh, At least till Yom Kippur, you could be in this in-between book. But we give everyone a blessing, and it's an important idea. We've talked about it in the past with other stories, that we bless each other. You should be written and sealed in the book of life. And actually, it's really wonderful after the prayers, the first night of Rosh Hashanah, People will walk around, it could take 20 minutes, and they'll go to every single person wishing him not just a happy and healthy new year, but you should be written. Ksiva, kasav, that's my word of the week. Kasav means to write. You should be written and sealed in the book of life. And so the word is really a a perfect timing for this time of year. And uh, it, it brought me to a, to a really great story, and hopefully I'll get through the story. And that is, um, there's really two parts to the high holidays when we think about it. I got to repent for the bad things I did. But you know what else I got to repent for? I got to repent for not being who I could be, for not being the best me. Now, 
if the best me is a mother not being the best mother, not doing what her kids need, if it's the father who got lazy and didn't help his kids as much as he could, or the person out there in the world that could help a charity, help an organization, I got to be the best I can be. And that is where God can say, I gave you these talents and you wasted them. So there's a great story with a man by the name of the Nitziv or uh, Naftali um, Tzvi Berlin. Naftali Yehuda Berlin. And um, he, wrote a, uh, he wrote many books. He was a big author. And he made a big party when he, made, when he was the author. And he was happy. And they said, what are you so happy for? He says, you don't understand. When I was a child, I was so playful in school. My parents were going to pull me out of school and they were going to apprentice me out. And I never would have written these books. I never would have been a great rabbi. And God would have said, you didn't fulfill your potential. So at least I know that I authored this book, that at least this part of my potential, I finally filled. So, so one of the things we should keep in mind, not only am I doing what I was supposed to be doing, was I good or not good, but did I fulfill my potential? And here comes my music. Again, thank you to our wonderful sponsor, listeners. You know I couldn't do without you. Thank you to my wonderful team here today, Tony, Kelsey, Ben, Angel. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next week, I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Tony Radio Media. And until next week, don't forget to think about it. Wishing all of you a happy and healthy new year. We shall be written and signed in the book of life.